Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A married Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, murder, and infidelity. Written and directed by P.J. McCabe and Jim Cummings, the beta test is a dark satire of Hollywood power and a lot more. I'd like to, with that, introduce to the program the co-directors and co-writers of the film, the beta test, and that would be P.J. McCabe and Jim Cummings. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Mike, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I love this film. And I, I it's one of those films that is obviously unusual, the approach, the take on on uh, on Hollywood, but it's so I love a film that commits. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and this film commits. And I just think it's just a wonderful look on, on not just Hollywood, but a lot of different things are a part of the story. I'll start with you, Jim. Uh, what inspired this? We had the idea for this anonymous sexual encounter envelope system where that they'd use the United States Postal Service to connect people um, and derail their lives. And I thought that it would be very interesting to get a letter in the mail uh, that would be from an admirer and it could just be a weird Twilight Zone episode. And I called PJ and said, what do you think about this? And he was like, yeah, it'd be really weird. Let's keep talking about it. And then we spent a year and a half researching uh, agencies and the big data issues in the film and how to connect people and what does it mean to be connected to someone in the modern age. And it just kind of worked. It was like all these different themes that we wanted to talk about with you know masculinity and the nature of technology, changing the way that we have to act. And it was very poignant to us and it was just funny. It was making us laugh and interesting us. And it became this, you know, insane erotic thriller that it is today. But initially the Genesis was specifically this bizarre letter service inviting people to hotel rooms to have yeah, sex. Snowballed into a much bigger, <laughs> more complicated project. But yeah, initially, yeah. What would you do if you got this ornate, beautiful spam letter in the mail, essentially? Yeah. <laughs> would you yeah. go through with it? Did you always intend to be the lead actors in the film? Was that something that you decided or fairly early on? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of perfect for us because we wanted to make something that would be a small enough budget. PJ and I had acted in movies before together, 13 Cameras and Wolf is No Hollow. We just kind of enjoyed working together. And in the beginning, it was just going to be this small budget movie uh, it still was, but it was just this funny thing that we were doing and writing together. And we knew that the strengths would be us being actual friends in real life and writing it together to make it feel form fit for our characters. And so that was one of the strengths of the writing process was us knowing that we were going to be acting in it as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, the characters were called Jim and PJ in the script for most of the writing process. So I think we were, yeah, kind of built around uh, our performances. Before we get more into the the story itself and, and what happens, this has a great look. Uh, yeah. I want to kind of a shout out to your cinematographer. Yeah, big time. Uh, because it really looks good. And what for me is often the distinguishing characteristic film with not a lot of money is the look of it. And it's usually in the lighting. It's usually there's something, it's sort of a tell. 
in a lot of films that don't have a lot of money. This thing looks great all the way through. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the production in that terms. Yeah, so we're very lucky. We have a team of four producers that we love who have produced our other films and they are very budget agnostic. So the movie's always gonna get made. And that in partnership with Ken Wales, our cinematographer, this was his first feature film as a DP. He had shot countless shorts and music videos and commercials. Um, it was also a gaffer for about 15 years and had done everything on film sets and spoke the same language and worked at the same tempo that PG and I do of just like fast, make it look pretty. This is how it needs to look. He was such an executor of the vision and a co-partner in, in making the thing look as good as it does. It has no business looking this good. We shot it for 250 grand and it looks like a $4 million movie or something like that. And PJ, what just in, in keeping with that, the opening and closing credits are beautiful. That's, that's, that is truly like Hollywood, Hollywood level kind of graphics. So at the beginning at the end of the film, and I just- yeah. Yeah, that was designed early on, Jim, wasn't it? That was like very early with the kind of swirling black hole, you know, kind of the rabbit hole that the character goes down into, into this world of digital data, but like loving keeping the ornate, beautiful font of the letter system. Uh, yeah, that was kind of designed pretty early on for uh, to kind of set up the movie. But yeah, it looks great. I'm so happy with how the, the credit, the title yeah. sequences came out. They're really it fun. It was designed by uh, a film student named Lane Carter. And I reached out on Facebook and I was like, I need somebody to help me out with this like opening title sequence. And we did that about a month before we started shooting. So it was one of the first pieces of final footage that we had in the film. Yeah. And I just needed this like animation. It took him a month to do on his laptop because like it's so much data that has to like, go into these opening titles and closing titles but it adds such patina to the film. It feels like this big budget movie, even though it was just our buddy on Facebook who built it for us. He's very nice. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that is getting to something that's really in the film, the ability of technology to kind of level the playing field yep. and how much of an impact it's having on our life. And particularly as we move into the age of AI, uh, a lot of the neural neuroscience of the internet, so much of what's happening. And yep. I'm older, obviously, than you guys are. But I, I have this foreboding sense of where we're going in terms of the, the ability of an, an outside agency to figure me out before I know what I'm going to do. And whether it's an advertising agency, whether or not it's the government, whether or not it's a political party, I feel like we're on track to be kind of uncovered before we have the opportunity to really discover ourselves. It, it, PJ, yeah. is that what is Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, that was kind of the whole point of the letter service is that, you know, the, the bad guy in the film, essentially, the Internet, <laughs> the head of the Internet is basically able to uh, you know, show show you the what you actually like before you even know it. I mean, kind of finding someone who's kind of leaning that way and giving you that final push towards your true digital soulmate without you even realizing it. And that was a super interesting. That was kind of one of the earliest ideas of making this was like, yeah, being like finding out what you want before you even know you want it, and that's happening in real life everywhere. And this just was something we thought was interesting to do for people finding your true search history soulmate and leading you to infidelity for people who didn't even know that they were that close to doing it. Right. Uh, but that's happening everywhere. Uh, and Jim, this is what I would say about the film. It's the satire. It's, it's, it's very funny. It's very dramatic, but also there is a sci-fi element to this yep. in my opinion. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. It's an elevated sci-fi. It's all, but it's also very attainable. Like it is the present as well. It's not necessarily um, fiction. We're like legitimately PJ and I feel like the bad guy in the film. We've named him Johnny PayPal. 
But really, the film is a visual metaphor for a guy who's able to infiltrate the system through using the internet to then make lots of money and a lot of acclaim uh, because he had a brilliant idea. And that was PJ and I's experience in making this film, where we were able to raise the funds exclusively through the internet to completely circumvent the Hollywood system and to make stuff in our basement. We mixed the film and edited the film in this garage and are now competitors to the Hollywood system because of the stuff. We are Johnny PayPal. We are the bad guy from the movie on accident. So yeah, I don't know. I think the internet and technology is changing in such a way where it's terrifying to me that you said that it's, it's, you're, you're scared of it, but really it's going to be so helpful. It is, it is now enabling filmmakers and artists to have a platform and a voice that for the last hundred years they haven't. The, the system has beaten them down and made them feel inadequate. And now they get to laugh at that system that's dying. It's great. PJ, anything you want to add to that? Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely cons. You're right. I mean, we kind of, you kind of got to take the good with the bad. I mean, like we definitely, we, we make it seem the digital data harvesting thing as a bad thing. And in some cases it is, but I would take the good, like, I love the internet. Like I'll take the good of the internet with the bad all day, because I think you're right. I mean, it allows you to do so many things you couldn't do before and undermine the powers that be. And I guess, I don't know, it is, it, it some of the scary stuff, like the black mirror episode type stuff is very real, but I don't know. It's also fascinating. That's why I wanted to make a movie about it because I think it's a really cool thing and it's it's a real adversary that we're dealing with every day today. And it's right. that's a cool, scary thing. That's the horror aspect of it. Right. And there's something you mentioned, Jim. I go back to like, maybe 20 years ago, there was a documentary that came out called Tarnation. Yeah, I love it. It's and, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was the premise. He his His selling point for the film was that he made it for five dollars or I mean it was an outrageous yeah. twenty dollars or whatever it was he made this movie and that was the very beginning of when Apple was introducing these editing programs and iMovie yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he edited that film on iMovie which is unbelievable that movie is in masterpiece and he really does suffer from mental illness uh, Jonathan is his name. He's an incredibly talented filmmaker. And I met one of his producers at uh, Fantastic Fest in Austin. I guess he's Texas-based. And uh, and he's been working on like four or five different projects since Tarnation. And they've all kind of fallen apart. But the, he, he is such a master. I love that film so much. But But yeah, I mean, that was the first time that it felt like someone came out of nowhere with a film because of the technology that they had access to on a computer. The computer I'm speaking to you through is the computer that we edited our film on in this garage. Like all of the systems will tell you that you can't do it this way so that you remain their subordinate instead of their competition. Whereas Jonathan was able to make a film from a laptop and like an iMac in 19, like, or 2001, I think is when he made that film. 20 years ago, that's what I thought, yeah. It's unbelievable. I had him on the program for that. Really? I did a follow-up. Oh, cool. um, I had a, a follow-up to it was called something Renee it was about his mother. He continued to he did a kind of That's a right. sequel to, his, right. to that film. And he, as you said, I mean, a really intuitive man, really honest. We had a very frank discussion about a lot of different things. I remember just a really, as you put it, really great 
just a very creative and remarkable person who who struggles with certain remarkable things. remarkable is the word that he made something that nobody else was doing at that time like yeah. he 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 used the technology in the same way that like Casey Neistat did Casey Neistat's a YouTuber but got an iMac that had iMovie on it and was like I'm gonna make a short film a day and now is one of the biggest YouTubers because of that he like seized the moment when the technology was available and now has made a career for himself and I'm so surprised that it takes independent filmmakers being nudged to do that. Like you need to act as though this technology is exactly what Orson Welles was dying for. Like if you if, if he had a fucking iPhone, he would be making movies all the time. Why isn't everybody? Like we, we need to be acting as though the, the history is true, that it has never been easier to make movies and you can do it by yourself um, and we should be. Yeah, if anything, we, I, I get mad that we don't shoot more, Jim. Some of my favorite stuff we do is just like the goofy so, things we shoot in our back. It's backyard. so bad. <laughs> I, I, feel that, I feel that every day. And my fiance yeah. is like, you can take a break. You need to relax. You need I to know, calm I know. But, <laughs> well, yeah. and now with the 13, I guess it's, you know, even the, the camera on the iPhone 13 is apparently. It's unbelievable. You can yeah, pull focus and post. I saw the Safdie brothers filming their kids running around a park. And they were like, all of this was focused that we pulled in post. It's insane. Um, by the way, one last element, and I, I feel like I'm pulling us into this discussion about filmmaking as opposed to the film, the beta test, but uh, King Kelly, did you ever see that? It was all shot on an iPhone, King Kelly. King Kelly, I haven't seen it. No, no, it basically, the filmmaker gave all of the actors iPhones. Huh. So they right. filmed each other during during the during the film, oh, and wow. then in one master shot, he shot, but then all the rest of it is them filming each other as the film goes on. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, wow. Check it out. Um, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Kelly. But anyway, on our minor listeners, we're speaking with uh, PJ McCabe and Jim Cummings. The film is called The Beta Test. I love this film. It's just so well done, so well, <laughs> so well paced. It looks great. Your acting is terrific. Both of your acting is you're kind of the yin and yang oh, of this please. of this character. I mean it. I'm not kidding you at all here. No, that you're the yin and yang of each other, and in, in, in not only in business, but also temperamentally. And in your kind of dealing with what's happening around you. And I just, your ability, Jim, in, in, in these, some of these scenes where you turn on a dime in terms of the reactions, you're, you're just getting just unclothed in front of people. And yet you have this like, <laughs> hello, I can, I can deal yep. with it. You can see the gears, you know, grinding. Good. That's as my favorite kind of comedy to, to like have somebody admit their demons and you get to see how the cogs work in their brain is so funny. Well, and it's the dialogue. It's you know, it's the it's the way. But you you have a just a knack for that, getting the shit kicked out of you in front of people and being able. <laughs> Dude, I'm Jackie Chan, man. That's my job. That's the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then and then with you, PJ. I mean, again, you're the you're the voice of reason, and you kind of re retether him back to planet Earth here, and, and a lot of the different things things that go on. But you're both very funny. You play off of each other very well in this film. So congratulations oh, on that. Thanks, Thank Mike. That means a lot. That's great. Yeah. And, and there, by the way, the re reaction to the film, the beta test has been very, very good. Um, I think it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Suspiciously Tom good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suspiciously good. Spoken just like uh, Jordan would have said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> so to, to you as filmmakers, I mean, obviously, uh, this is your, this is being released through IFC um, Films, terrific yep. platform. Uh, PJ, just in terms of as filmmakers moving forward, uh, what are, are you working on together on anything more or 
Um, talk yeah, a little bit. Uh, we have an incredibly crowded slate of different projects at various stages of writing and development, and they're all very different and very unique. And uh, I'm so excited about any of them, so many of them. But I mean, we're kind of juggling so many because we're just not really sure which one's going to move forward. We have like some that are definitely more of our favorites at the top of the list. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to keep making stuff, yeah, uh, together as many things as we can for sure. Because you know, we just constantly write together every day, and now we have an incredible amount of things that we're putting out together. So, Jim, yeah, do you- I don't know. It, it really depends what day you ask us what we want to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, between crazy space TV show epics about astronauts coming home from the moon, or crazy Victorian horror buddy comedies about electricity. I mean, there's just like, it's a wide scope of crazy ideas, but I think beta test has only kind of empowered us to tell all these crazy stories that people might balk at because they're pretty different and weird. But I think that's why we're going to be okay. Trust (laughs) your instincts, Jim. I I hope you two are planning on also being in these as well. And this has been mentioned. I'm not the first to say it, but sort of an American psycho look to it, feel to it. There's a the sci-fi element as well. Thriller, sci-fi, I'm not sure. Exactly. It's all of them, dude. There's it's, way too many movies in this it's one. It's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, a lot. Yeah. Genre, so yeah. you guys are both cinephiles. It's pretty damn obvious uh, yeah. from our conversation as well. What kind of filmmakers inspire you, um, Jim? David Fincher is number one. Uh, I think his like forensic style of making films is just everything I love, of making something that is perfect before it goes out the door. And then Afonso Cuaron, I think he's unbelievable. His ability to do long takes and make you feel something when you're watching a film is uh, very desirable. And then Bong Joon-ho, most recently, yeah, I mean, it's bad. Parasite. Like, yeah. like Parasite is unbelievable. It's like it's six movies in one movie and it's seamless the way that it's done. PJ and I are so jealous of his abilities to tell a story. Yeah, I, I always say Paolo Sorrentino too is like a new one for me. That's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, an IFC film, Loro, is one of the most favorite movies I've watched recently. It's it is unbelievable. Insane. If you haven't seen Loro, epic and just okay. so stylized and weird in the perfect way. And I mean, Jim and I watched that and immediately like it inspired us to write a movie. Like one, another one on our projects of wow. like this big party. It's so movie. risky. It's about the ex prime minister of Italy, uh, Silvio Berlusconi, and it's this kind of like unapproved biography of this guy. It's unbel. It's so risky and so much fun. It's exactly the kind of movie that we love. It was makes it, Beta was, look like a Disney film. It's it's so <laughs> it does it does. Yeah. Was, was was there bonga bonga in the movie? Wasn't that his? his oh movie? yeah, dude! It's all these bonga bonga parties, man. It's like the so again the, the narrative. I won't ruin it for you. You got to see it. But it's about this guy running these bonga bonga parties at the property next door to where Berlusconi lives to try and attract him to, to try come to lure him in. It's, <laughs> it's so much fun, dude! You got to see it. So check it funny. out. Check it out. I, yeah. I gotta let you guys go. I, I'm over. I'm running over. So I gotta okay. let you go. I really thank you so much for the film. Truly, people, see this film. You're going to enjoy it, the shit out of it. We've been throwing around some words today. I don't generally do, but we're, gonna, we're, we're all in, all right? So the beta test, the co-directors and co-writers of the film, P.J. McCabe and Jim Cummings, thank you so much. I hope to God when your version of Bonga Bonga comes out, you come back and join me again. I, all right? Mike, we will be there first in line. Thank oh, you so much absolutely. for having us, dude. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. All right, guys.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.